My friends, good morning and welcome to this podcast worship with Houston and Kellen Kirk. As we gather from near and far, let us pause and hold silence as we centre ourselves to worship God. The Lord dwells in all our houses. We gather here as one body around the word of God, which sets us free. Good morning and a very warm welcome to everyone joining us for this Houston and Kellen Kirk podcast worship on Palm Sunday. Let's listen to this reflection. The triumphal entry. Hosanna will turn out to be the wrong word if there are any words left to say. It is the wrong word for what is happening, heavy as it is with revolt and protest. Yet this is not the Messiah that will lead a revolution. It is the wrong word. This word is loaded with symbolism, with a story from our past when the revolutionary Judas Maccabeus rode into Jerusalem and chose the moment to revolt against the Romans. It was during the Feast of Tabernacles where hosannas filled the air and palm branches have been traditionally waved. No different from today, except because of that moment Because the Maccabean revolt happened during this branch-waving festival and Hosanna being shouted whenever the cry goes up, it brings back to us all those darker days of conspiracy and revolution. These are not innocent words in the mouths of children. These are words of revolution and we know it. Every time we utter them, they are full of hope and anger. They are spoken with a shadow on them from that revolt the Romans crushed. Yet still we utter them. We still have a quiet revolution when they are spoken, even today. A threat of justice, a threat of God, a threat of Messiah and his armies. And here is the one riding in on that donkey, so similar to Judas Maccabeus. His progeny, the one, Hosanna, Hosanna. He knows the story. He is living it. Hosanna in the highest. Yet, and yet, might this triumphal entry be the greatest disappointment there can be? For Jesus The pretend Messiah fails to deliver, trusts too much in the love of God's peaceable kingdom. He will never raise a hand, take up a sword, throw a stone. The Hosannas are hollow. The great hope they have been filled with for over 160 years since Judas Maccabeus will not be found in Jesus. He's not that kind of Messiah. He hangs on too much to love and not revolution. And love will kill him. Jesus has made his choice. 
The revolution remains with Julius. Jesus has made a different choice. And the chaos is beginning. This week we thank our friends from Alloway Parish Church in Ayrshire who have given us two hymns, our first and our final hymn from their records and it's singing from their congregation where I did my probation period. Let us worship God. We sing to God's glory and praise hymn 367, Hosanna, loud Hosanna. before God in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, on this day your Son, Jesus Christ, entered the holy city of Jerusalem and was proclaimed King by those who spread garments and palm branches along his way. As we look outside today, may the branches we see be for us signs of his victory to come and grant that we who celebrate in our hearts today might extend our thanks to him for all he's achieved in your name for us. Almighty God, your son came to us humbly on a donkey's back, and now he sits exalted by your right hand. Yet we see in his story of old that so often instead of being exalted, he was rejected and shunned. In this Holy Week, as we contemplate his path of suffering, 
of isolation, loneliness, despair and fear. Help us to become loyal and steadfast disciples, that we may always hear his word, follow his teachings and live in his spirit, prepare our hearts for celebrating Easter and remembering the freedom that Christ established as he hung upon the cross. As we think of the crowds who cheered as Jesus arrived in Jerusalem, we recall too those who abused him, threw stones at him and sought to shut down his ministry of unconditional love. We seek your forgiveness for those times in our lives when we fail to praise you and instead pay greater attention to lesser things. We seek forgiveness for the way we turn our own agendas into things of great importance, while forgetting to give due regard to your will for our world. O God, forgive us. Into the silence of this time, hear us as we bring you our personal regrets for the way we have treated you as we have failed to live by your grace and by your way. In your Son, you have given us freedom. You have liberated us from all that would keep your love and grace in check. Help us appreciate what becomes possible for us through Jesus Christ and help us honour him in our words and our deeds. In Jesus' name, we bring all these prayers and in whose words we now pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our intimations and good news stories this week. We've been working with a couple of S5s from Greif High School and we're looking to develop a virtual community hub called Houston Community Connections and create a Facebook page where we can highlight all the different activities happening in our community that we can take part in remotely and that will hopefully come up in the next week or so. We are entering Holy Week and so I'll have a podcast each night of Holy Week with a reflection for that day as we journey through Holy Week together. And that will be highlighted. There'll be a link to the podcast on our church website. On Thursday evening at 7.30pm, I will also do a Facebook Live on the Kirk Facebook site where we'll share the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So come with your bread and wine and gather round. For although we may be separated by distance, we are still connected together and the Spirit dwells among us. So come and share in the Lord's Supper 7.30 on Thursday evening Facebook Live. The only birthday I know of this week is my youngest son Gregor. He is eight yesterday on Saturday. So happy birthday Gregor. And we'll celebrate properly 
when we can get out and share it with your friends. I don't know of any other birthdays. If there are birthdays out there, please email me and we'll mention them each week. Our first scripture lesson is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 118, reading verses 1 and 2 and 19 to 29. Let's listen for God's word. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this and it is marvellous in our eyes. The Lord has done it in this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The choir now sing our anthem, Ye Servants of God.
Our Gospel reading is from the book of Matthew, reading chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. As he approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a coat, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while other cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowd that went ahead of him and those who followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Amen. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. To his name be praise and glory. Our next hymn, 277, Hark the Glad Sound. Spirit, as we have been forced to slow down and still ourselves, as the din of all the shouting of Hosannas has stilled, 
May we be more alert to your presence, to that still, small voice. May we reflect on our lives and all that matters as we journey through this holy week. So be it. Amen. Palm Sunday, the start of Holy Week, a week of trials and tribulations, which takes us to the cross and then to new life and hope and love. If we were gathered in church today, we would all be shouting the loud hosannas, having a celebration. There might even be a donkey. We'd be waving our branches in the air, shouting hosanna, hosanna, hosanna in the highest. But when we have to stop, we ask, what's it all about? This whole event took place at the beginning of the week of Passover. A remembrance of the fact that God is concerned about suffering and oppression of God's people. And in the past, God had rescued them. Has there ever been a passage or subject that speaks more into our circumstances today. When we have had our worlds turned upside down, we are more or less confined to our own homes. People live in fear and uncertainty. Every year at the Passover, the Jews gathered in Jerusalem at the Temple Mount to celebrate the fact that the God of love will liberate the suffering and the oppressed. Historians tell us that at the time of Jesus, approximately 200,000 Jews would gather to celebrate their liberation. If you're Pilate, you might not be too thrilled about this. What if they start talking and drinking and start thinking, let's get together, we can take this Pilate guy down. On the other hand, if you cancel Passover, their holiest of days, There's no doubt you have a riot in your hands. So Pilate needs to send a message to them. Don't even think about messing with the Romans. And so a tale of two entries begin. Like two boxers, although it appears a total mismatch. From the west side, the heavyweight champion of the world, Pontius Pilate. He would show his strength in entry by taking big numbers of his troops and marching from his palace in Caesarea on the coast of the Mediterranean to Jerusalem. He would come in a show of force with pomp and circumstance, his men in full armour with swords and spears bristling, marching in time, their metal heels crashing to the ground in time. Noise enough to strike fear into anyone and to keep the people down. Pilate riding at the head of the army on a mighty war horse. And the Romans call this kind of procession a triumph. This was Pilate's triumphal entry. This kind of entry was all about strength, authority, dominion. It's meant to instill fear and terror. It's Pilate's way of saying, don't mess with me. 
and it would have worked. 80 to 90% of the people of the day were subsistence level farmers, craftsmen and labourers. They didn't have wealth. They didn't have power. They didn't have weapons. They would have seen Pilate's soldiers and been awed into submission. And we know that these systems don't last forever. They always come crashing down. And is that what we have witnessed this last fortnight? We've been caught in a world of economics, of individualism, look after ourselves, our family, our wealth. We've been defined by our income, success, house and car. And not through any fault of our own, but rather the systems of our day have put us there. The army of opinions and culture keep us there. Just like Pilate kept those Jewish worshippers in line. But it always comes crashing down and causes a societal reset. From the east side enters this apparent lightweight, completely outmatched, riding in in the back of a donkey, a king coming in on an ass. What a joke. And he's only got a few friends, not a huge army. Jesus enters Jerusalem off the back of what were tough and challenging times in the lead up to Palm Sunday. Jesus kept hanging out with the lowly, the tax collectors, prostitutes, the sick, the unclean. Even children, the lowest of society, were welcomed by Jesus. People who were often afraid and confused with what was happening. The religious leaders of his day wanted them to join their gang. Even his best friends wanted Jesus to act and hang out with the more dignified. Jesus went to Samaria and was in utter disgrace. He chatted to a Samaritan woman in broad daylight, a woman on the outskirts of society, a woman who was never given a place or an identity, a woman who was scared to meet other people because of how she was treated. Yet Jesus gave her a place, offered her an identity and love, and she found new life again. Jesus kept on talking about loving your neighbours and even worse, your enemies. And how we have responded to this in these last few weeks, helping our neighbours and even picking up the phone to those we haven't spoken to in a long time and should have long ago. So from the back of this story, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on the back of a wee donkey. And while there are shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The actual fact is that this triumphal entry into Jerusalem is an entry that marks a dramatic downturn. It takes Jesus to the lowest place. The irony of this triumphal entry is that it is marked with despair and isolation and fear for Jesus. 
the one who comes in the name of God, felt exactly as we now feel during the Holy Week that lies ahead. As his disciples mock and condemn Mary for anointing his feet with the most expensive perfume, as he washes his disciples' feet, as he is betrayed by his friends, as he's alone in the garden, as he asks God to take it all away from him. And his friends deny they even know him. As he is killed in the most degrading, excruciating way because he loved. Friends, Jesus knows what we are going through in this moment. Our feelings of fear, anxiety, uncertainty, unrest. And it's okay. It's perfectly normal. When Jesus was in that wilderness, he reflected. He examined his life. He prayed to God. And that's the place we are in at this time. For the duration of Holy Week, the only one who really triumphed is Pilate. He's the winner. It's only next Sunday, in the light of the resurrection, that we see where our hearts should be. The winner will always be love. On Easter Sunday, we see the real triumphal entry, Jesus and the resurrection, which brings us new life, hope and love. So we are authentically in the right place at this moment. Jesus was there too. But we need to decide where we want to be next Sunday. Do we long for the system that keeps us restrained and concerned only for ourselves and our possessions? Or do we accept and strive for resurrection, life, hope and love? It's an offer that Jesus freely extends to each of us. You only have to want it. Glory be to the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore, world without end. Amen. Let us come before God in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, grant us a humility like that of Jesus and grant that we may ever follow and serve him by showing love for one another, put in our minds and our hearts his eternal example and guide us in the way of peace. Help us to be ones who care for those who suffer in the strangest of times may we reach out to those most in need. Help us to have a heart of compassion, a tongue that utters words of forgiveness and hands that bring comfort. Assist us to be more expressive in the love we carry into our relationships and into our work and in our communities and world. Let us find ways that we might give evidence to your boundless grace. Today we pray for those living in fear, anxious of what is going on around them. Grant them peace. 
We pray for the people who are struggling in the world, those poor in the basic necessities of life. There's the poor who always suffer most at times like these. Let there be enough food and water, medicine and other resources, and may we be a generous people in our giving to the food bank. We give thanks for the courage of those leading our country at this time. Grant them wisdom in their decision making. We pray for our Prime Minister that he continues to recover well from coronavirus and continues to lead us well. We pray for those who have lost their lives to this ghastly virus. From young to old, rich to poor, this virus does not discriminate. May those who have passed away rest in peace and rise to eternal glory. May their family and friends, communities, know your peace and love which surpasses all understanding. We pray for those working in our NHS, emergency services, essential shops, all those essential workers who hear their call to serve and care but who in doing so are risking their own health and lives. May you surround them with your love, and may they see you face to face in the love they are shown and in the small acts of kindness they receive. We bring all these prayers, spoken and those only spoken quietly in their own hearts, and lay them before your throne of grace. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Following our final hymn, there's a benediction. We then sing the threefold Amen and the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Our final hymn, hymn 365. Ride on, ride on in majesty.
this place, God goes with us from triumphant chorus to the agony of the cross. God goes with us every step of the way. And as we go, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with you all forevermore. Thank you.